Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Everybody, we are back. I am on the phone again. We are still in the movie process. I am now a Santa Monica resident. I was confused today as a professional boxer named the Palomino. I don't know who that is, whom it is, or what it is, but uh, it's a famous boxer somewhere. I was just repping our Palomino baseball championship shirt, something not completely relevant to the world outside of Deerfield, Illinois. But it was nice to pose in a boxing form and take a picture with the guy. But Xander, you're still sitting strong in Deerfield, Illinois, where it's cold. Probably a little bit of snow going on right now. I didn't want to rub it in that I was on the beach today. But uh, how's it going over there? It's going not bad. Uh, it was about 40 degrees today. It got a little chillier at night. But um, I think weather might be looking up for a little bit. Uh, I'm seeing 35 to 40 the next week, um, which for early January in Chicago is a pretty big feat. Um, we're usually around, I would say, anywhere between 0 and 15 right now. So that's a, a good thing. But with bad weather becomes great football. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, Roz. All sides of the aisle. Uh, bowl season, championship game, playoffs, NFL, Captain Kirk blowing yet another season for a new team. Um, got a couple debates going on. A lot of stuff, but start us off. We have so many things to talk about with football right now, but where do you want to start? Uh, I think we got to start with the bowl games that were somewhat intriguing one only kind of towards the end and then we've got some other non-playoff implicating bulls but let's start off with the bashing because i know that this show does nothing more than bash some teams rip it off with notre dame i know that 30 to 3 outcome was not what we were talking about but we did correctly predict in game what was occurring notre dame given more chances than god to put up some points and force clemson to back on their heels but at the end of the day, they just didn't make enough big plays, and what you got was a Clemson-dominating performance, a defense that showed out even without one of its best players, and Trevor Lawrence continuing to be a stud true freshman. Yeah, so yeah, let's just get that out in the open. We were wrong about the Notre Dame game. We had them straight up. They got clobbered. But you watch the first quarter of that game, my only thought was like, Notre Dame should be up like 17-3 right now, and I'm very uncomfortable um, and right as I had that thought, we had a 20-point second quarter by Clemson. But I think it's time. I think it's time that Notre Dame be shunned out of the light of the college football playoff. I've seen enough to know 
that I have seen too much with Notre Dame. These past two playoff appearances, getting outscored 72-17 to in eight quarters of football is atrocious. It's unacceptable, especially when you bet on them both times. Um, but Notre Dame, this is, uh, I think a lot of people were always wondering, you know, is this team really, are they good enough? And I thought they were. You know, their schedule, say what you want about it. They did have some good teams on the schedule. It's not their fault that, you know, teams like USC stink year in and year out. Um, they used to be a good team. But Notre Dame, uh, I think a lot of people are calling for them to be playing in a conference. And I think a lot of that is out of frustration. I'm, I'm on that boat as well. But I'm tired. And I think it's only fair. A, I think this was the the straw that broke the camel's back. It's you, you need to play in a conference if you want to earn your right. Because if UCF wasn't going to get their turn, Notre Dame, who is also not in a major conference, should not be considered for a position in the playoffs. And I know that seems rough because Notre Dame is this prestigious university and football team. But who do you play? How often do you play in a conference, which you don't? And that adds a lot of levels to a team's schedule and definitely their strength of schedule. So time to move in i would say the acc is most likely to move in on that one but uh it's time other than yeah and just disappointing effort especially a little background uh i was in a bowl pool this year i was doing really well um and notre dame was a huge game for me and i can only come in second now but out of 50 people uh you guys know my football betting history it's not good college and pros so that was a that was a tough pill to swallow especially getting 11 and a half points in that one but credit to Clemson. Um, I think this sets up a pretty damn good national championship game between what I think is clearly the best two teams in college football. I don't know about you, Roz, but Alabama game was interesting. It was a phenomenal backdoor cover for the Sporting Edge because we did have Oklahoma. But I think you saw that Alabama is clearly the best team in college football, in my opinion. But this will be a great matchup with Clemson. Clemson opens up as a six-point dog, um, but... Credit Kyler Murray. Love that line. Um, yeah, I, I like the line too. Um, but Kyler Murray I did his did his best to fight back. I thought they had a small chance in the fourth quarter there, down 11 with about 10 minutes left. Uh, Alabama was a little too much though. But I thought that it was a pretty good game to watch after the first 28 points that went unanswered by Alabama. Um, right. I just think Kyler Murray showed out again. I just again you you talk about that defense and how dominant it is. And we explained that you don't see good defense in the Big 12, which clearly was the case early in the game. But Kyler Murray, on the biggest stage, at the biggest game, it still showed out for the team. And he showed out statistically. And as a guy that I, w- like I was explaining when we were watching the game and talking on the phone about it, it's a guy I wish I could see play football more, but we don't know what that uncertain baseball future Right. But I think we know now that there might be a little bit of a chance. I don't think he completely ruled it out. Um Let's take a look at some of the rest of the bowls that happen after those two playoff games. I think we're, we're going to bring back the snip list, Roz, and going squarely on that list is Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is going on the list, an absolute drubbing by Florida um, after an uninspiring, uninspiring first half in which they were only down 13-10. to 10, They proceed to get outscored 28-5 to 5 in the second half to, in my opinion, is a horrendous Florida team. Um, but Michigan... I'm done. They're uh, they're just a step, a notch above Notre Dame right now in my book, which is not good. Yeah, Harbaugh definitely enters the tournament of snip list. I was going to say tournament of champions, but none of our coaches on there are champions. Um, Harbaugh, <laughs> unbelievable to me. You lose that game so poor, 
so horrifically to Ohio State. You come in, you play an SEC team not known for offense at all. I mean, their quarterback, Franks, could be one of the worst quarterbacks in college football, one of the worst offenses in college football, and they dropped a 40-burger on you. Shea Patterson still not looking like the guy that's going to push this Michigan team forward. And you said it, you're, you're kinder than I am. I was willing to say he should be fired after that bowl game. He has not shown any bit that he is capable of taking this team up against any meaningful matchup. And I was ready to say, hey, Harbaugh, hit the streets. But you, you say give him one more year, even though he's on your snip list. So we'll give him the year. But I, I think the end is near for Harbaugh. Yeah, I give him one more year. But it's unbelievable that a team going to that Ohio State game that had the number one overall defense in college football lets up 62 points to Ohio State, 41 points to Florida in you know a bowl game that essentially didn't mean anything. But, I mean, where was the effort? Where was the coaching it wasn't there. It was horrible. Um, just an overall terrible effort by Michigan. Uh, looking at a couple of the rest of the games, you know, we had some a lot of good efforts, but I think there's two teams that stood out to me. We got about 20 seconds left here, so I'm going to go over the first one. Northwestern Wildcats. What an unbelievable season after being down 20-3 to after the first half. They put up 28 points in the third quarter, shut out Utah in the second half to win 31-20. This is a very, very, very good game by Northwestern. Um, huge bowl win for them. I think there's a lot, um, lot riding into next season, and I'm excited to see the Wildcats in the Big Ten again. But that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you missed the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We just had some praises from Wits to Northwestern. Again, didn't catch that game, but that is a huge feat against a horrible conference. So uh, I don't know how how big you're willing to give the credit, but I uh, I think Northwestern should have won that game easily. The fact that they struggled was a minor problem, but I'll get it past it. They did dominate the second half. Um, Northwestern, great win. The game I was shocked about, and I know you were going to talk about this next, was this Hook'em Horns, Texas team that took out Georgia. And Sam Ellinger looked like the man. The man with the plan. He came in there assisting that Texas team to a huge win. And now we've got players coming back instead of going pro and say, just watch out, Texas is back. And you know what? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But I'm going to be a Longhorn guy week one next year, and I'm going to ride it until they lose. And then I will hate them just as much as I did when they lost to Maryland this year. Yeah, it's amazing after week one. I remember we were, we were on the Texas bandwagon week one, and they had that horrible, horrible effort against Maryland. Um, and here I sit after this bowl season, and I am I am hook'em horns all the way. I am very excited to see this Texas team play next year. They dominated this football game. I know the score it was a one-score game at the end, but after really after the first quarter, you just had a feeling that Texas, they were just going to keep marching on, and that's exactly what they did. Sam Ellinger, what an effort. Um, I think he had 16 or 17 rushing touchdowns this year. Really, really exciting for this team going into next year. I think they're going to be ranked inside the top 10. I think there's going to be a big push for this Longhorn team to make the playoff next year, honestly. I mean, I, I think what they did to Georgia, to a team that a lot of people thought should have gotten a chance at the college football playoff. A lot of people were saying that although they had two losses, they were a top four team in the nation. Um, whether they whether they are or they aren't, 
Texas just destroyed the Georgia Bulldogs in this one. And uh, a lot of uh, poorly aged tweets from a lot of the Georgia players. Um, but congrats to Texas. Huge win for that program. I think it's safe to say that Texas is is back. Um, you know, they haven't. it seems like they haven't been good since Colt McCoy. So I think this is saying a lot um, of this Texas team. But we go to the bigger backdoor cover than Oklahoma was Washington against Ohio State, a game that officially cost me my entire bowl pool, um, Urban Meyer. I hate hate to say it, but um, you, you left me very upset, very upset giving 20 points up in the fourth quarter after only giving up three um, the entire game. This was brutal. Um, but Ohio State does come away with the victory. They finished 13-1, and what was a, a pretty solid year for them. I got some inside scoop from people of the Ohio nation that went to this game in Pasadena as it was right in my backyard. Uh, apparently, 28-3, looked good, sharp, Haskins on point. Afterwards, they come out of the locker room in the second half, no mojo. I was told, because he had very close seats to the sideline, that it looked like the players had packed it in and knew they had won and took the foot off the pedal. You know what you don't do? You don't take the foot off the pedal. And that is what occurred. And Washington with an excellent backdoor cover. Luckily for me, I couldn't get any of my bets off this week as the bookie is overseas. But I would have lost some tremendous coin had I been allowed to bet on Ohio State. Yeah, that was, uh, for the betting world, that was extremely disappointing. And the funny thing was, uh, Washington scored late in the fourth, and they went for two. And Ohio State actually intercepted the ball in the end zone, and the guy brought it back to Washington's, I think, 35 and got tripped up. So that would have pu- that would have pushed the game if you had it at seven. Um, would have won it for you if they run it back, if you had it at six and a half. Disappointing, very disappointing. Um, Ohio State just looked so lethargic in the second half, but they won the game, so I guess they don't really care about the betters. Um, another couple big matchups, just want to just have a couple more I want to go over. LSU, UCF, um... A lot of talk pregame. It's over. It's That's o- what it, you should have led. It is over. There is no need to talk. Yeah, I mean, disappointing. I know UCF didn't have their star quarterback, but um, this is disappointing. A team that won 25 games in a row. We're now back to the drawing board. Um, we'll see how things shape up for next year. But yeah, this you know, although this was a one-score game, it was really you know a two-score game. They scored very late in the game. UCF did. Uh, disappointing for them, but you know it, it looks as of now as if they're not really in the same tier as these Power Five teams. But give them another shot; they get to come back next year. They get twelve more games, so we'll see. Um, last great effort of the bowl season, I thought, was by the Kentucky Wildcats. This was a this is one of the better Kentucky teams I think of all time. They finish; they're going to finish inside the top fifteen. Big win against Penn State. Penn State. Storm back in the fourth quarter with 17 points, but Kentucky was able to hold them off 27 to 24. Um, Benny Snell, great effort by him. And Kentucky might actually have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, um, stud defensive end. But bowl season, another one comes and goes. I thought it was pretty solid, Roz. I don't know what your overall thoughts were, but we end up with the two best teams in college football at it again for the fourth time. Yes, we do. And, uh, my only thoughts are the Big Ten looked weak. The Pac-12 didn't need to do anything because they looked like they have all year, which was crappy. And um, Notre Dame was uh, is a team that needs a conference. That's basically my three takeaways. The Big Ten being bad was the biggest one. And I understand what the record may sh- show, Xander, but the top three teams in the Big Ten all lost Penn State, 
And I lied. Ohio State did win. But I consider it a loss because of the spread being covered and Michigan losing as well. I'm considering those three major losses minus the fact Ohio State didn't actually lose. But the Big Ten, not as strong as everyone claimed it to be in the Midwest. And they're going to need a lot of work done moving forward if they want to compete with teams like Clemson and definitely all of the SEC. That's fair. Uh, I'll play a little, little devil's advocate here. I'm not saying that these were great wins against great teams, but Minnesota um, did show up to play. They beat Georgia Tech 34-10. to um, Definitely not the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, but that was a good victory. Wisconsin uh, took down Miami 35-3. to I thought that was a good win from a pretty weak Wisconsin team this year. Um, but, yeah, overall. And a weaker uh, Miami team. Overall, Purdue, they got absolutely stomped on. And I thought that was a very clear case. I did take Purdue plus the points, so I'm not going to say that I knew what was going to happen beforehand, but it seemed like Auburn um, was very ready for this game, unlike the game against UCF last year. I don't think they wanted any doubt that Purdue was in the same category as them. Uh, they win that game 63-14. to um, But, Roz, Clemson, Alabama, um, this is – becoming one of the, I think, the better rivalries of all time. You look across all the different sports, you know, these past five years, they've been jam-packed with a lot of Clemson and a lot of Alabama. Got to give a lot of credit to Dabo Sweeney for what he's done with his Clemson program, even after Deshaun Watson left. So we've got Clemson plus six. Um, Who do you like in this one? I love Alabama minus six. I understand the the lure of Trevor Lawrence and that arm, and I know that I picked Notre Dame last week, but Alabama is Alabama, and I understand that Oklahoma brought it back, but Tua is Tua and will dominate the game like he has, just like he did last year in the national championship game. Now he gets to start it. He loves the big time. He loves the big moments. I'm feeling big on Alabama. I think that defense is going to stifle Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to get hit a couple too many times, maybe even taken out of the game. And Tua is just going to do his job. And when you need a great moment, a good storybook moment, Jalen Hurts is going to make a big play <laughs> in that game. And we're going to see Alabama ride off into the sunset with the greatest coach at any level and at any sport. Wow. Those are big words, but I don't think I can disagree with you here, Roz. Um, not a much more comfortable position, I think, in football than having a great backup quarterback. Um, and I think you definitely have to say that Jalen Hurts is that guy, but I agree with you. I like Alabama in this game. I just I think Clemson is a great team. I just think Alabama is a little bit better in all aspects, um, all sides of the ball. And I think I think the key to this game is going to be the pressure that Alabama gets on Trevor Lawrence. I think those first few possessions in the Notre Dame game kind of showed you. I mean, as just with any quarterback, that you get a lot of pressure on a guy, it gets real tough. But once Notre Dame stop bringing pressure and stop getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. He absolutely picked them apart. And I think that's one of the reasons that makes him one of the top prospects looking over the next couple of years in college football. The guy has an absolute rocket of an arm, but I just don't think he's going to have that much time against, against this Alabama defense and who has, you know, Quinn and Williams, the best interior defensive lineman in college football. I think there's not going to be a lot of time to throw. Um, and I think Alabama wins this game by 10 points. I agree with you. Nick Saban, the best coach of all time. I think you could put him in any sport, um, what he's done in Alabama. But that's a wrap on the college football season, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We're going to be back after the break with the granddaddy, the NFL playoffs. Um, A lot of great matchups, a lot of great teams. We're going to break them all down for you.
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are in crunch time for the NFL. I am hibernating, so I will give you my picks. I will say my spiels, but I am in clear hibernation and will not be caring too much about this NFL playoff. Whereas Xander, on the other hand, will be all in. Sure, he'll be gambling away at the at all these lines. But let's start it off with because we like to go game by game, and we're going to pick our Super Bowl champions from here. We're going to basically do the whole bracket for you. Let's start it off with the Colts and Texans. First game on Sunday, 1.35 Pacific time, just so you guys know when I'll be watching it, if I do watch it. And we've got the Texans as a one-and-a-half-point favorite against a very inspiring Colts team, a team who put it to the Titans, who I do know were starting Blaine Gabbert. But Andrew Luck, one hell of a return, most likely comeback player of the year, and this will be a great game. I do like the Texans ultimately, but I can be swayed depending on what you're about to say, Which <laughs> I agree with you at both points. Colts, um, Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year, and Colts, I think, comeback team of the year. Uh, started off 1-5, and five, and I know what you're going to say. Texans started off 0-3 as well. But the Colts, 1-5, what Frank Reich and Andrew Luck did with this football team was unbelievable. But the Texans, for me, Texans are a dark horse in the AFC. I think you look at a playmaker like Deshaun Watson, pair him with DeAndre Hopkins, and also have two of the biggest playmakers in football on the defensive side of the ball, and Javian Clowney and J.J. Watt. This Texans team, for me, is a very scary team, a team that has the makings, I think, of a Super Bowl team. You look at all the playmakers they have. Um, I love a minus one and a half. I love what the Colts have done this year, but I think the Texans are going to be too much. I think they're going to force some turnovers in this game. Is going to force Andrew Luck to chuck the ball up 50 or 60 times, which he's definitely capable of doing. I just like this Texans team. I like a minus one and a half, and I do like the over in this game. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to stick with you on the Texans. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Andrew Luck came and put the stomping on him as it is a more veteran quarterback, a guy who has been here. Sean Watson obviously hurt last year the Texans were making their appearance. Um, two teams, I, I, I just want to, because I know my Patriots stuff is going to come up here, two teams I'm not certain would get past the Patriots. I just want to start it off quickly. I know we're not even to the Patriots yet, but somebody has mentioned to me recently all the teams that are on the AFC side, and once again, if I were a betting man, the Patriots seem to be in the best spot, and I know there's the Kansas City Chiefs out there. I know the Ravens' defense looks fantastic. But let me just start with these two teams, Andrew Luck and the Colts, a defense that I think would get torched like we had seen years past when they were beaten 45-7. Deshaun Watson, an inexperienced quarterback in the postseason situation. I know the defense on the Texans are great. 
Jay Watt a little banged up. I, I got to tell you, those would be two easy options for the Patriots. Um, and that's going to be the theme of my picking going forward. But I do think the Texans win this one, and we'll see who they get in the next matchup. Which, since we're staying in the UFC, we'll talk about the Sunday game. That game will be on Saturday. How about the Chargers-Ravens? Ravens getting the home game. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Chargers 7-1 and one on the road this year, fun fact. And they have an experienced playoff quarterback versus a rookie quarterback. Tell me how you feel, because I don't actually know my pick yet. Yeah, the, interesting to me that the Ravens are two-and-a-half-point favorites. They are the home team. They do have the best defense in football. Something about this Chargers team tells me that it might just be their year. Um, I'm a big fan of Phillip Rivers. I've loved watching him his entire career. Um, came up at the same time as Eli Manning. And the fact that he's never won the big one, um, just a kind of a big knock on his career. But I think if he's going to do it, I think this is the Chargers team that might actually get there. I like the Chargers in this game, plus two and a half. I think Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen are going to put up 24 points. I think that's going to be enough to get past um, what has been an awesome stretch by Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens coming all the way back to win the AFC North. I just like the Chargers. I like what they've done all year, um, and I don't think it stops versus Baltimore. But as I've said in the past, you can't count out a good defense, and that's exactly what the Baltimore Ravens have over there. You've got your blinders on. You must have short-term memory loss because it was only a short couple weeks ago that the Ravens dismantled Phillip Rivers, (laughs) made him look horrible, and took your fantasy chances completely away from you in terms of winning the championship. I think the Ravens handle it. Minus two and a half at home. They had done it on the road. I'm feeling good about the Ravens here. But again, quick to my point before you shut me up about it. Neither of those teams, again, scare me if they were to play the Patriots. You've got a rookie Lamar Jackson, and you've got a Phillip Rivers turnover machine going up against the experienced Patriots. I'm looking at four teams that are going to come out of Saturday and Sunday, none of which rivals the Patriots. So stop me when you think I'm over-exaggerating, but it looks, again, like the Patriots might skip through an AFC that maybe isn't that challenging of a conference. Uh, I I can't disagree with you because the Patriots, I mean, no matter how they play during the regular season, it's just, can you beat them in the playoffs? And I think the one key that we saw a few years back um, when the Denver Broncos beat the Patriots, it was pressure on the edge. Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware really threw Tom Brady off of his game. So I think that's going to be the, that's going to be the one key to beat the Patriots is can he make Tom Brady uncomfortable? Doesn't happen too often. So I do agree with you that none of these teams really scare me I think they're all good and I think they all could beat the Patriots but will they completely different story um and that brings me to my other point the number two seed in the AFC the Kansas City Chiefs is this the year that Andy Reid finally wakes up and wins a big game because he really hasn't done it his entire career as a head coach in the NFL I mean that is a great question, and I might as well put the hypotheticals on you. Since you did pick the Texans, the Texans would be the team that went and faced the Kansas City Chiefs, or as the Chargers would then go and face the Patriots. What do you feel the situations are there, and who do you see in your AFC championship game, and then moving forward there to the Super Bowl? Great question. I, you know, I'm stick, I think the Texans are a dark horse team, and I think they are going to take down the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think that game is going to be a barn burner. Um, 41-38, that's my two weeks in advance prediction of what's going to happen in the AFC Championship game. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to put up a lot of numbers. 
no matter who he plays. But I just think I think the curse of Andy Reid will live on. And although they had a wonderful season, I think it will come to an end um, in not the AFC Championship game, the divisional round. Excuse me. I think it'll come to an end in the divisional round and be another disappointing finish for an Andy Reid football team. And then you've got Texas Patriots, what it sounds like. Are you going to go, or do you have Texas Chargers? I mean, that would be an interesting way to look at it, too. And which one of them is your Super Bowl team out of the AFC? Oh, boy. a lot. This is a lot of thinking for for pre, uh, pre-playoff pre football. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm going to go Patriots-Texans oh, <laughs> in the AFC Championship game. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but oh, man. Patriots in the Super Bowl again. And then we'll be having. Then we will we will get to an argument down the line here at the Sporting Edge about Belichick versus Saban. But you you said it perfectly. I see it though being Chiefs Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I think the Patriots once again will edge Pat Mahomes, who will turn into Pat Lafar, who's my favorite go-to here. I think there will be a late pick that really turns that game around, and I think the Patriots are headed to another Super Bowl because once again the AFC on paper. Looks like a strong conference, but at the end of the day, look at their overall record versus the NFC, as well as look at their record against the Patriots in the postseason. AFC, not such a great conference when you really dive deep and look into it. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, very interesting, but let's dive into the NFC matchups. We're going to Saturday night, January 5th. Um, Seahawks traveling to Dallas to take on Cowboys team that at points were very frustrating this year. At points, we're over-exceeding expectations. But you heard it here first. This will be the end of the Jason Garrett era in Dallas. The Seahawks are going to clobber the Cowboys and put a very finishing touch on the Jason Garrett era in Dallas, which was underwhelming, to say the least. I could not be with you more. I can't ever say with any confidence in my NFL picks because I've just been getting shattered this year in the betting line. But the plus two for the Seahawks looks like the bet of the century. This Cowboys team is running into one of the hotter teams down the stretch in the NFC. Russ Wilson, Dak Prescott. Russ Wilson's about to teach Prescott some manners, and we're going to send the Seattle Seahawks to the divisional round and, like you said, shut the door on Jason Garrett and hopefully shut the proverbial door on Jerry Jones. Maybe let one of his kids step in. Interesting, interesting thought there. Uh, we got about 20 seconds left, Roz. Um, Eagles, Bears. Bears are a six-point favorite at home. Who you got? I I have the uh, – you know what? I have the Eagles on Nick Foles. Take me to the next segment, with so I can give you my Eagles two cents. Let's go, <laughs> Eagles. I hate Philadelphia, but let's go, Eagles. Okay, I am going to take – uh, reluctantly, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears minus the six. I do think they're going to win this game, but something tells me that Nick Foles is going to keep it close. But if I have any faith, it's in that defense in Chicago. I think this game could get out of hand very quickly. Um, but we're going to talk about it more after the break. If you miss a show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. We'll be back. More breakdown of the NFC playoff picture. Fly, Eagles, fly. I don't know the rest of the words, but I'm sure they're going to add Nick Foles to that folklore of a song at one point because the guy keeps churning. 
And when I say churning, he's churning out them W's. As the Eagles continue to push forward, getting the very important win last week, and getting the Bears to finally eliminate an NFC North division rival before the playoffs. The Bears did their job. They picked their opponent in a sense because whoever, whether or not they won or lost, they were going to play the Vikings or Eagles. Sounds like they wanted to play the Eagles, but that was a mistake because my boy Nick Foles is coming into Lam- not Lambo, into Soldier Field. Sorry, Freudian slip there. I was hoping the Packers would be in the postseason. Um, and I think the Eagles take this one 34-13. to 13. Wow, big prediction there. Um, after what I saw last week, I kind of wish the Bears would have blown a late fourth quarter lead because Captain Kirk um, steered his ship in the wrong direction yet again. This Vikings team, uh, with the big signing of Kirk Cousins, went from an NFC uh, playoff berth last year in which Stefan Diggs had the greatest touchdown, I think, in the history of the NFL to missing the playoffs this year. And just quick point, Roz, if you were going to tell me as a Vikings fan that the Packers would only win six games this year, how much money would you bet that the Vikings were going to be in the playoffs starting now? Whatever I had left. Mortgages aside, I would have bet probably anything and everything, including my family members. Fair enough. I felt the same way. Um, But let's take a look at the one and two seeds in the NFC, Saints and Rams. Uh, I know the Saints were raised a lot of question marks near the end of the season there. But how do you see their playoff run shaping up um, with the rest of the teams in the NFC right now? It's so tough. There's been no hot team. And I make these jokes about the Eagles beating the Bears. I just don't like the spread, so I might as well take the bigger side of it. But the Bears, to me, are the best-looking playoff team. And if they are to win and beat the Eagles, they will then face the Los Angeles Rams, a team they've already shut down. Again, a quarterback that has looked a little dicey in postseason bursts. I think the Bears are the scariest team, but I think they do have to go to the Mercedes-Benz Dome in New Orleans um, and face off with Drew Brees, and hopefully Drew Brees can pick apart that daunting defense of the Bears. I, it, it, to me, it is the Saints' year to go to the Super Bowl. You look at Drew Brees, and you read on his face, this is near the end, this is his probable, probable best shot to win another Super Bowl, and he might be the only force that could take down Tom Brady outside of Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, interesting point. I feel pretty similarly about the NFC playoffs. Uh, Drew Brees, the last time the Saints were the number one seed in the NFC, they won the Super Bowl back in 2009. Um, I do see the Bears not only beating the Eagles, but taking down the Rams in a similar fashion to how they did a few weeks ago. I think the defense is going to be too much. I think Jared Goff is going to be overwhelmed. Um, But at the same token, I do think uh, Goff, I think they're going to beat um, the Seahawks if they win. I mean, and this is all according to these first-round games, how they play out. But I like Bears, Saints in the NFC Championship game, but I'm going to have to go with Drew Brees, the number one seeded Saints, in a matchup between two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And then hopefully Saints can keep on march, marching and take down the evil empire that is the Patriots, or else we're going to be having a back-and-forth argument on the Belichick saving thing for about a year. Yeah, that, that, that could be an argument that might never be solved, but what a better time to pick a champion than now. We've gone through all the games, all the matchups. I think the New Orleans Saints, um, as rocky as they've looked the past few weeks, I think there's a reason they're the number one seed in the NFC. They definitely have the talent. 
the skill set. And finally, this year, a defense that can kind of play with people. And I think the Saints take down the Patriots 27-24 in this year's Super Bowl. I think it's time that Drew Brees asserts his name into that top 10 list. You add a second Super Bowl ring, revitalizing a team, a city, a state, a country that was going through so much when Hurricane Katrina hit, and for him to bring two Super Bowls and an unbelievable stretch of wins and winning seasons, I think if he were to put this on top, not only does he have the stats that he's taken away from Brett Favre and from Peyton Manning, he'll have two rings, putting him in the argument for top five, but most definitely top ten quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, you you look at quarterbacks throughout the history of this league, very few of them have put up the numbers that Drew Brees has throughout his career, and adding that second ring, so important. I think it'll mean so much for his legacy. Um, The fact that he's got one, I mean, that puts him in an elite group of quarterbacks, especially with the way he's played the game. But two Super Bowls, um, that'd be unbelievable, and I think he's going to do it again. But nonetheless, Roz, I'm very excited for these NFL playoffs. There is a lot of good football teams out there, each having, you know, different types of strengths. Very exciting. Um, I honestly think every team in this playoffs, except maybe the Colts and the Cowboys, has an outside shot to win the Super Bowl. Um, and that's about all you can ask for here. I agree. I would even give the Colts a hit, uh, sent a whiff of a potential opportunity. The Cowboys, I think, have no shot to none. I have no faith in Jerry's world or anything that goes on down in Dallas. Um, but it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. I think there's going to be some shocking moments. There's going to be unbelievable plays, wire-to-wire games. It's going to be a fun playoff that I will be watching in my hibernation hole waiting for the next NFL season to start. Yeah, and you look at the theme, um, I think, across the NFL and just in general, you need a, you need a good quarterback to win in the NFL. And I think that's what you'll find on all of these playoff teams, um, which is why the quarterback is just the most coveted position in football. So we'll see with Justin Herbert staying at Oregon for one more year, um, you know, what the draft is going to look like. But yeah, the playoff playoff time is here. And then we get into a, a little lull period in between March Madness and the end of football, which I'm not looking forward to. But let's enjoy these NFL playoffs while they're here and let's get after it. Absolutely, and if we have any time for NBA, I just want to say Kawhi Leonard is getting the righteous beatdown he deserved in his first appearance back to San Antonio as they're just getting drummed. He's been food, they've played awful, and Danny Green is still very much loved in San Antonio. I did see that. Right now as we sit, there's a four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Spurs are beating down the Raptors 119-98. to Um other than that, the NBA is uh, pretty much the same as I left it, in my opinion, a few weeks ago. <laughs> Haven't even turned on the TV. I know LeBron is a little banged up right now, but and self-proclaimed best athlete, human player of all time. Um, also got that from him too. But yeah, sports world is pretty much the same. I'm I'm still in football mode right now, baby. I was going to say a little bit of premature on LeBron's part. I could definitely make the argument for him being the greatest of all time, but that is an argument that usually ends up in a lot of yelling, a lot of biases, and a lot of problems. So I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole currently. I might in a couple of years from now, but I'm going to let that one hibernate with me during this NFL postseason. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see uh, LeBron. Can he win another title um, in Los Angeles? I would say how it looks right now. 
doesn't look like it, but it'll be interesting to see in the offseason, you know, what kind of talent uh, Magic Johnson and LeBron can attract to L.A. Because um, we've been hearing a lot of talk about what the Clippers might be doing in the offseason. But got about 30 seconds here, Roz. Um, any any final parting thoughts for the sports world uh, before we pack it up for the week? Yes, as much fun as everyone has watching the NFL postseason, I want you all to remember that during this time of year, there should be a guy mentioned and remembered as the best quarterback in the league currently, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And he'll be back next year for the 2019 NFL playoffs. Yeah, I don't know about that. It could be tough. Uh, the Bears look like they're here to stay, and you never know what Kirk Cousins might do with a whole offseason to prepare for the 2019 football season. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We're going to be back next week breaking down what happened first week of the NFL playoffs. We're also going to have a breakdown of the national championship game, which should be a fun one. Uh, Sporting Edge has Alabama minus six. It'll be good. It'll be fun. It'll be awesome. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.